This is If I Go Missing, a podcast where we tell the stories of those who have gone missing so that they aren't forgotten. And maybe, just maybe, we can help bring them the justice they deserve. I am your host, Megan. And I'm your co-host, Lynn. Are you ready to dive into another story? Always. Let's do it. Let's go. Since the 1980s, the cruise industry has enjoyed steady growth in popularity and revenue. Massive, floating, self-sufficient cities headed towards exotic destinations have been a huge draw-in for vacationers for several decades now, with no signs of that drawing to a close anytime soon. Cruise ships are not the safe place we think they are, though. Probably one of the safest cruise lines of all, in at least in my mind, has even fallen under suspicion as one of their own crew members seemingly vanished into thin air. The case didn't really go public, but it remains thoroughly disturbing and baffling. This is the case of Rebecca Corian, last seen aboard the cruise ship Disney Wonder on March 22, 2011. At the time of her disappearance, Rebecca Corian was a 24-year-old Chester, England native who worked with children aboard the Disney Wonder cruise ship. En route to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, from Los Angeles, Corianne was last seen on CCTV footage on March 22, 2011. This was at 5.45 a.m., and she was seen in the crew lounge talking on an international phone line, wearing men's clothing, and acting visibly distressed. After hanging up the phone, she was neither seen nor heard from ever again. Footage from the ship shows Rebecca talking on an internal Disney phone in Deck 1's crew's quarters. At one point, she did get visibly upset and a male colleague briefly puts a concerned arm around her as she anxiously chats on the phone. Rebecca's friends and family believe that this footage means that she was sexually assaulted and in a state of distress. I'm not really sure why they think that based on the footage, but it's what they have always said that they thought. Interesting. Um, And the men's clothing. At first you go, well, she dressed like a man. What kind of men's clothing? Maybe that's what led them to believe she was sexually assaulted. Maybe. Um, I mean, like I said, when you first started telling the story, I went, why was she wearing men's clothing? Isn't that weird? But then when you said that, it made me think maybe that's why the family thinks she was sexually assaulted. She grabbed the clothes she could find, which happened to be the guys or a guys. Yeah. And, um, poor thing. I mean, just you don't know what she went through. You don't know what any of these missing people go through. Mm -hmm. After hanging up the phone that morning, she would never be seen again. When she didn't report for work at 9 a.m., the crew tannoyed her. They searched the ship and called the Mexican Coast Guard, who searched the waters, all to no avail. And according to Rebecca's father, Disney disregarded standard operating procedures and didn't turn the ship around to look for his daughter. Additionally, he states that the Navy and Coast Guard teams were given incorrect coordinates and likely searched the wrong area of the sea. Under the flags of convenience system, jurisdiction of the case fell to the country of the ship's registration, which in this case was the tax haven of the Bahamas. Okay. The Bahamas are not equipped to handle a case like this, but they were tasked with it anyway. But why? 
what would possess anyone to get the wrong coordinates? Misinformation. I don't know. Maybe something more sinister. I mean, this case is definitely baffling from the start. None of it makes sense. Well, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. I'm just I'm trying to piece it together as we go along as well. Like, like I said about the clothes, it makes you go, okay, give me some more evidence as to why would you think they mm-hmm. would give the wrong coordinates? Um, was it somebody inexperienced that said longitude such and such, latitude such and such, and got them just reversed? Was it that simple? Was it something more to it? I think it depends on who you ask. I can agree with that. Three days after Rebecca Corian's disappearance, Disney contacted the Royal Bahamas Police Force, RBPF, to conduct an investigation, and RBPF responded by assigning one detective. He better be good. Yeah. The detective chosen for the case was Paul Rollet, and he was flown out by Disney via private jet to Los Angeles. He spent one day aboard the Wonder once it was returned to port, interviewing six of the 950 employees and zero of the 2,000-plus passengers. After several days of stalled communication, Disney flew out Rebecca's parents, Mike and Ann Coriam, to meet with the detective and their ship's captain in Los Angeles. According to Ann, they were taken in a car with blacked-out windows on the boat's back entrance as passengers disembarked from the front. Then they were taken to a room where they played the CCTV footage of Rebecca, where largely she appears to be fine. On board, the ship's captain offered the family his conclusion as to the fate of their daughter. He explained that it was likely Rebecca had been swept off of Deck 5 by a rogue wave. Was it stormy that night? Like, like seriously, stormy? No. Okay, so then I have... I'm not an expert. I've never been on a cruise. But wouldn't it have to be like a major wave to come over the top of one of those decks? Meh, rogue wave is what they're saying. Rogue waves can be major waves, and it could just be that one, but highly unlikely. Yeah, that, mm -mm. I'm not going there. Let's go somewhere else. Mike and Ann were then shown Deck 5, a cruise swimming pool area directly in front of the ship's bridge and guarded by walls reaching over six feet in height. Yeah, that rogue wave's getting roguer. Yeah. They were then taken to the crew's quarters in Rebecca's cabin where they were shown a sandal that allegedly belonged to Rebecca and was recovered on Deck 5. The following day, the Coriams watched from the shore as the Disney Wonder left port to set sail on its next cruise. Despite the RBPF case being an ongoing investigation, Disney considered the, quote, heartbreaking matter to be put to rest and laid flowers upon the site of Deck 5 of the alleged rogue wave accident in a ceremony attended by some of the ship's crew. Unsatisfied with Disney's account of their daughter's disappearance, the Coriams hired private investigator Roy Ram. Roy Ram was a former specialist of Scotland Yard and sought the aid of Chester MP Chris Matheson and former Deputy Prime Minister Lord Prescott. What they unearthed outside the official investigation has disturbing implications as to the possible fate of Rebecca Coriam. Disney has always maintained that a rogue wave swept Rebecca off of Deck 5 sometime between the hours of 6 and 9 a.m. However, there are numerous inconsistencies to this account, which is why it immediately struck you as odd. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like that would be documented in the ship's log. Of some sort. I mean, you know, I'm still thinking back to when ships had logs. I assume they may not now. 
there should be documentation of this washing of the mm-hmm. deck. I mean, that just doesn't make sense. If a wave was bad enough to like wash away things on the deck, mm-hmm. was some of the um, chairs were they gone? Were they washed off the deck as well? Mm-hmm. You know, the, I'm sure they had lounge chairs for people to sit around the pool, well, et cetera, et cetera. Well, crew pool, so maybe not so much stuff was there to be washed away. Wouldn't you think there'd be five or ten for them to lay around on or something? You would think. I don't know. It just, it's, uh, something is just not kosher here. And it's about to get even less kosher. So some of the inconsistencies for this account, one of them was that the weather and ocean conditions near Puerto Vallarta, where the ship was located, do not show any indication of stormy weather, much mm-hmm. less a rogue wave that would need to be about 100 feet in height to sweep a person above the six-foot walls surrounding Deck 5 and then overboard. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with the weather reports. According to Detective Ram, more so, an analysis of the seas at the time revealed that the waters were reassuringly calm. Mm-hmm. I agree with him. Then, the primary piece of physical evidence in the disappearance is the CCTV footage of Rebecca talking on an international phone line at the time of her last known sighting. In his investigations, Ram retrospectively discovered that the CCTV footage had been cropped to hide the timestamp and location. According to Disney, that CCTV footage was shot inside on Deck 5, near where Rebecca was allegedly swept overboard. After viewing the undoctored copy of the footage... Detective Ram and the other investigators learned that it was actually shot on deck one, not close to the vicinity of Rebecca's alleged accidental death. Copies of this footage have been denied to the family repeatedly. Another notable piece of physical evidence provided by Disney was that of a sandal allegedly discovered on deck five that belonged to Rebecca. However, this sandal had the name and cabin number of another individual altogether. And both family and crew members insisted that the sandal was both the wrong size and not in the style of Rebecca. And why would she put somebody else's name and cabin number on it? I mean, I'm just saying. I don't know. I thought Sally Sue was pretty in cabin five, so I used her name. Come on. No. Mm -mm. I love Disney. This is getting kind of weird. A few months after Rebecca's disappearance, investigative journalist John Ronson of The Guardian sailed aboard the Wonder in an attempt to make sense of the Coriam incident. In talking with crew members, he uncovered suspicious and even sinister intentions behind Disney's explanation of the Coriam case. One crew member disclosed, quote, Disney knows exactly what happened. That phone call she had, it was taped. Everything here is taped. There's CCTV everywhere. Disney has the tape. When asked about Rebecca, another crew member replied to Ronson's inquiry by saying, quote, I don't know anything about it. It didn't happen. You know that's the answer I have to give. Rebecca's family and friends from England described her as happy-go-lucky and energetic. Working for Disney would require one to be of an overall sunny disposition or else they wouldn't hire you if you weren't that sort of person, or so said some of the crew. However, other crew members and close friends to Rebecca on the ship paint a more nuisance version of her character than her parents and media. When asked about Rebecca, one crew member described her as a lovely girl with underlying sadness. In 2017, Tracy Medley, Rebecca's girlfriend and co-worker aboard the Wonder, broke her silence on the events of March 22, 2011. She claims, and I said claims because we can't prove this, but she does claim that her and Rebecca 
had a threesome with a male boyfriend of Medley's, according to Medley. And this was all aboard ship. And then Rebecca apparently had been distraught over their relationship in the weeks prior. The shock of sharing her girlfriend with a male friend or perhaps sexually vying for Medley's attention might have been enough to swing Rebecca's usually sunny mood into a state of despair. Medley retrospectively believes that she wanted off the ship and her life and climbed over the six-foot railings of Deck 5 to jump into the ocean. Friends and family from England have vigorously denied that Rebecca took her own life. An onboard friend who spoke to journalist John Ronson as a favor to Rebecca's parents does not believe it either. It seems a little far-fetched. Yeah. Unless Rebecca kind of had some little issues that, Mm -hmm. that people wouldn't know about. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it seems to me like that's kind of an odd way to handle things. Yeah. I would just break up with you, not jump over a boat for you. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much I love you. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, there are people that would take their own lives, but... I'm not that no. person. Mm-mm. No. And I don't think she would be either based on how people describe her. Yeah. This friend is only named Melissa to protect her identity, so that's obviously how we're going to address her as well. Melissa has her own theory about what happened to her friend Rebecca, or Bex, as she calls her. Melissa says Bex was a bit of a risk taker. She was always pouring soap over people, you know, classic Bex. And she says that when she thinks back to Rebecca going to the crew pool to be alone at 6 a.m., she doesn't think she has any intention of harming herself. Melissa states that Rebecca loved Deck 5, and it was where they always used to go to hang out. Melissa bets that Rebecca climbed onto the wall and sat on the ledge in kind of a, I need to feel like I'm off the ship for a second kind of way. Unlike most of us, though, with Rebecca being a bit of a risk taker, she wouldn't have looked at the wall and thought, you know, it's kind of high. I might fall. So maybe I shouldn't do it. She says that Rebecca probably would have just kind of climbed onto the wall and thought, oh, crap, what have I done? And fell. Melissa also says that security on the ship is ultra tight. She says you can't get on or off without your ID card. She also says that down by the crew's pool, there's HR offices, the crew gym, the crew office that deals with passports, money, and documentation. So she finds it really hard to believe that no security cameras were down there. When asked why Disney would suppress that knowledge of Rebecca if she had innocently, you know, succumbed to an accident, Melissa says... This was done in an effort to try to protect the brand. If it was 6 a.m. and they were doing their job watching the front, Melissa says someone must have seen her go over. Or if they didn't, they're covering up for why they didn't. Okay. And she's right. If all their business offices were in that area and the finances were handled there, that's a lot of finances on a Disney boat. Mm -hmm. A lot of money passing through. You're going to have security cameras. You're going to have some sort of Mm -hmm. protection around there. Yeah. And, I mean. That's her point, though. Yeah. It's it's got to be there. Yeah, it's got to. And for them to say they don't have it is Mm -hmm. a blatant lie. It's basically what she's Mm -hmm. saying, not saying. Well, I mean, does it prove that that is not where this girl was at? Was she on deck one? Was she on deck five? You know, what, what, where was this girl at? The last time we saw her was deck one. Yeah, it's interesting. Very interesting. And then we placed her on deck five, I believe, based off purely a shoe that didn't belong to her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Melissa's theory is definitely a good one, but so is the suggestion that something more sinister may have happened. Before the 2017 revelation from Rebecca's girlfriend, in 2015, evidence was found that 
proved maybe there may have been some foul play involved. According to the accounts of the crew members, family, friends, and members of law enforcement, Rebecca Coriam's case was a botched investigation, with only six officially recorded interviews withheld evidence and no forensic investigation. It is objectively hard to be satisfied with the level of police work conducted. A good friend and one of the last people aboard ship to see Rebecca alive offered his opinion to BBC and stated, quote, I was never spoken to by any security or police at all. To call this an investigation is an insult, end quote. In 2016, investigator Ram uncovered a ripped pair of shorts with Rebecca's remaining personal effects from her cabin. He and other law enforcement believe this points to signs of a struggle, perhaps even a sexual assault, before her disappearance. Months after Rebecca's disappearance, the Corian family noticed that there had been activity on her bank account, as well as a password change on her Facebook. According to M.P. Matheson, he says, quote, I believe there's sufficient evidence to indicate a crime may well have taken place, end quote. More than seven years later, friends and family are still searching for answers to the same nagging question. What really happened to Rebecca that night aboard the Disney Wonder? I definitely agree with them. Mm-hmm. Because the case is so messed up, it's not funny. But not it, when when what is said happened can't even be, okay, we can twist it around a little bit this way and make that fit. When you're putting a puzzle together and none of the pieces fit, that's the wrong daggum puzzle. Mm-hmm. You have a picture of a cat. And you're trying to put together a picture of a horse in the field. Yeah. And it, there's no way this none of the piece none of the pieces fit in this thing. Mm-mm. It's definitely very mind-boggling. Yeah, because it just nothing about it is right. And you know, although the case has largely gone cold, closure and answers are still needed. If you have any information regarding the story of Rebecca Coriam, please visit Rebecca hyphen coriam.com that's r-e-b-e-c-c-a hyphen c-o-r-i-a-m.com thank you for listening to another episode of if i go missing i'm your host megan and i put a lot of thought and hard work into these episodes i write edit and produce them all myself and it means a lot to me that you guys take the time to listen if you would like to follow us on social media our Instagram is at if I go missing podcast. Then we also have our Twitter, and that one is at Megan Noel Pod. If you want to reach out and suggest a case, you can do that on Instagram or Twitter by sending us a DM. We also have a Facebook page called Megan Noel Podcast, and we also have discussion groups for the podcast. And the name of the discussion group is If I Go Missing a podcast.